I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, hour three of the show. Got a lot to talk about. NFL win totals. My, my favorite NFL writer, Bill Barnwell, he wrote a just an expose here, a dissertation on the 2019 projected win totals. And actually, this also comes from Vegas, but he analyzed them. And the Saints, well, they're among the league leaders in win total. We'll go over this in just a little bit. Uh, we'll get into sports libs. Um, also, I just want to talk a little TV and, and movies. We haven't done that yet, but I'm interested to see Glass and want to know if anybody has seen Glass or any new movies you'd like to tell me uh, tell me about. But we'll talk a little LSU basketball to start off with because all the madness that we're seeing around us here locally with sports and the no call and the dreariness with the Saints and how their season ended and obviously we won't be talking NFL really until the combine and the draft and free agents we got a couple months till that and then with the Pelicans their season effectively over here Anthony Davis requesting a trade so that's going to be kind of a bummer to talk about except maybe the excitement on what you're going to get on the other side of that possible and projected trade the one silver lining here is college basketball. It really is. College basketball is experiencing one of the its most intriguing, best seasons really in recent memory, and LSU is smack dab in the middle of this. LSU is up to 19th in both the Associated Press and Coaches polls. They've won nine consecutive games, coming back from a 14-point deficit on Missouri on Saturday with just two minutes remaining. Went to overtime. They won that game. And they've got a chance to really reel off a couple of more wins here before they get to the meat of their schedule. They get Texas A&M on the road. They get Arkansas at home. LSU favored in those games. Then it's Mississippi State, Auburn, and Kentucky. And this is the young, exciting, developing squad that we thought Will Wade would have when he signed all these kids. So LSU is in the SEC among the league leaders right now. In fact, they're tied with Tennessee in the conference at 6-0, the only two undefeated teams in the conference. A game up on Kentucky and South Carolina, the two one-loss teams. They only get Tennessee once this season. They only get Kentucky once this season. So LSU, who already beat South Carolina this year, looks like they have a chance to finish – and a top four in the SEC, make a run in the conference tournament, and a top five, maybe four seed in the NCAA basketball tournament. So we're going to be talking a lot of basketball here the next couple of months because of how well LSU is playing. And Will Wade has been telling us for a while, since the day that he got the job in his opening press conference, saying that he believes he can build a consistent contender here in Baton Rouge with the Tigers. A lot of people scoffed at that and looked at the really the spotty history of consistent winning. Right? You've had the runs to the Final Fours before, but it's you haven't seen LSU put four, five, six years in a row together of NCAA tournament success here in the modern era. Anybody under the age of 35 doesn't know LSU 
as a basketball power, consistent basketball power. I believe that they have a chance to be one with Will Wade. It's exciting. And college basketball still, and I understand that there's the dark side of college basketball. They're going through the the FBI scandal right now with the pay-for-play scandal that's still ongoing. We actually thought about a year ago we'd, we'd hear the end of that. We haven't yet. So that's still going on. Like, I understand it's amateur, quote-unquote, amateur athletics and and everything uh, with the NCAA is kind of sour right now because that organization sometimes doesn't know it's hind in from its head. But college basketball is still one of the more pure experiences in sports in this country. Every year we get together for about a month, really starting with conference tournaments. You've got about five weeks of exceptional basketball played at the college level. And it reaches a crescendo unlike anything even the NBA can replicate from coast to coast, big markets, small markets, college towns, huge sprawling metropolis campuses. It's a unique experience. And if you look at the lay of the land in college basketball, there's not the unbeatable dynasty that we thought we might have with Duke earlier this season. In fact, Duke now has lost twice. Lost a couple of times. Certainly not unbeatable. The four best teams, and you've heard on this show a couple of times over the last couple of weeks when I've talked to some college basketball aficionados, they agree with me. The four best teams in the country, Duke, Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Virginia. But the gap between those those four four schools and a team like LSU, I think is on the tier below that, isn't insurmountable. It's not completely out of the realm of possibilities. Tim Zimmer, pay attention, who's in an LSU polo today that LSU makes a run even beyond the Sweet 16 this year. So if you have not been excited about college basketball, if you're just a very casual college basketball fan, well, I am telling you, now that you're into the heart of conference play, you've got LSU's games against Kentucky and Tennessee and ranked Mississippi State all upcoming, now is the time to get excited because I think it's going to be one hell of a ride here, and we should be seeing, by all indications, LSU play into March Madness I did watch the second half of the game on Saturday night and I was saying going in before the game that LSU's floor or LSU ceiling was probably sweet 16 but I guess if LSU right now is projected on some bracketology sites as a three seed if LSU can manage somehow getting a three or a four seed going to the tournament I think elite eight could potentially be you know could, could be that ceiling I, I don't I get it could be further than that but I think right now the talent is they're one of the youngest teams in the NCAA especially in the bigger conferences. So I think there's room to grow for this LSU team, and you could potentially see them make a deep run depending on how they finish. They have a tough schedule going forward, but, I mean, if they can get those big wins at Florida and at Alabama and they can beat Auburn, I think LSU, especially they have Kentucky and Tennessee left, I mean, if they can get those big wins, I think LSU has a ceiling that can go Elite Eight, potentially maybe Final Four. But I right, right now I'm looking Elite Eight, Sweet 16. So Joe Lenardi, who's ESPN's bracketologist, has really risen to fame on the back of his – predictions on the teams entering the tournaments he doesn't always get the seating right but he's exceptional when it comes to picking the teams in the field and right now he has LSU obviously squarely in the field here he has them as a five seed playing in the south region bracket Mississippi State the one seed there Kansas the two seed he has them playing Old Dominion in round one obviously very early on here 
just to give you an indication of where LSU might be seated. Uh, so Will Wade, he was had the Will Wade show on WWL Radio earlier today. And he talked about that incredible comeback win against Missouri, which really was one for the ages here. Talking about down 14 with under three minutes to play, you just don't come back from that deficit. I don't care how much more talented you are than your opponents in conference play here. It was a remarkable comeback. Uh, you should have were you on Tim? Are you on Twitter? Were you on social media when that game was going on and just seeing the LSU pessimist out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, this game was mismanaged. Look at this is a disaster." All the comments and well, those were quickly erased. I was not on Twitter, but I definitely checked Twitter afterwards just because oh, I man, was on was, the couch for most of the weekend. Yeah, it was fantastic. But I did watch the game, and it was pretty crazy. It got me out of my seat, which was the best part because I thought like four minutes left in the game, LSU's down 14. I'm seeing Will Wade call timeouts. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to put the subs in. The game's over. But LSU did not give up. They hit those big three-pointers and those front ends of the one-and-ones that, that really counted, and I thought LSU made a great – they, there was no quit in the team, is which is what I like to see in you know in LSU. There was no quit, and LSU got a couple lucky breaks at the end with that foul. And mm-hmm. I think you know, once they brought it, well, it's a conspiracy, of course. Every, all officiating is a conspiracy now, right? So the the officials needed LSU to win because they needed that you know top four seat for LSU in the SEC. Yeah, if this was against LSU, if LSU would have blown this game like they did against Kentucky, you know, in, under Dale Brown, I mean, <laughs> you would have saw LSU fans go into the woodworks <laughs> with the referees again. So. Right? Yeah, exactly. Where are the uh, local officials? conspiracy theorists when it comes to that call uh, but will wade uh, we talked today on his show about what he told his team after all these timeouts late in the game as they were trying to make that comeback here he is yeah it's comeback for the ages certainly on saturday lsu beating missouri in overtime you can catch lsu basketball wednesday right here on wwl the tigers take on texas a&m Pre-game 7.38 o'clock Central Time is the tip-off, so that means no last lap that night. So you're home for Purple and Gold Sports, still right here on WWL 105.3 FM and the Big 870 AM. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to get into these NFL win total projections from Vegas for 2019. I'll tell you where the Saints sit, who are the top projected win total teams in the league, and some analysis here. And open lines for the rest of the hour, 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. It's Seth Dunlap and Tim Zimmer here on The Last Lap. Before we get to the Vegas win totals in the NFL for 2019, yeah, those were released. Drew Brees posted on Instagram finally in the wake of the Nolan No Call. And here's what he said, paraphrasing. It's a very long post. You can find him on Instagram, at Drew Brees is his handle. Here's some of the stuff he said, though. I've spent the last week navigating the heartache and disappointment from the game, some things within our control and some outside our control that caused us to fall short. He goes on to say, everything that has ever happened to this community, we have bonded together, galvanized, and leap forward every time. And goes on to say, there is no place like New Orleans. There is no community like ours, no fans like the Houdat Nation, I refuse to let us hold or let this hold us down. I refuse to let this create any negativity or resentment. I embrace the challenge. So keep your chin up, hold your head high, puff your chest out because we are the Houdat Nation and we will always persevere. That is Drew Brees on his Instagram. Now, Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a court brief that he cannot overturn referee's decision that in response to a lawsuit filed by a pair of New Orleans Saints season ticket holders 
over the outcome of the NFC Championship game. You can find the story at WWL.com. The plaintiffs sought to have Goodell act under that uh, Article 17, Rule 17 of the NFL bylaws where he can overturn a game. He basically says in here, paraphrasing, bad calls. He admits the bad calls, but Article 17, like we have been saying on this show all week long last week, was not meant to overturn calls. It was for national disasters, civic uh, disorder, terrorism, pandemic, things like that. So Goodell, we will see him at the podium, State of the League address on Wednesday. Almost assuredly, we'll have to answer multiple questions on this no call. Tim, you're saying that now it's a it's a weather conspiracy by the NFL. They have it in with Mother Nature here against the Saints. Is this right? Well, apparently Atlanta is going to have two inches of snow tomorrow due to the snowstorm. So I'm thinking, like, they've already canceled schools and government, you know, government shutdown in in Atlanta tomorrow because of the snow. So it wouldn't shock me if somehow Goodell gets out of this press conference and just shuts his press conference down because of a weather, you know, weather catastrophe. Hmm. I see. All right. You can give us a call at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870 if you want to talk about some of that. Or the win totals in the NFL. So Vegas has unveiled their 2019 projected win totals. I know we will talk to Ralph Michaels later this week, our handicapper out in Vegas, about this. As, again, we try to move past somehow the no call. But the Saints, Tim, I wonder, and everybody out there, how many wins do you think Vegas has the over-under for the New Orleans Saints for 2019? Remember, they won 13 games this year. That was a league high tied with the Los Angeles Rams with 13 wins. But, Tim, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Have you seen this? Oh, you already saw it? Okay, so I can't ask you this. Um, But the Saints are second in the league with projected wins at 11. So Vegas is projecting 11 wins. You actually get make money if you bet the over. It's minus 125. If you bet the under, it's plus 105 right now. The Patriots are tops in Vegas with their projected over-under at 12. And their over is actually plus 125. So Vegas uh, won't pay you as much on the over as the under there. The Rams, they're also projected with 11. Other teams projected with 11 wins. The Rams, Chiefs, and then the Bears are 10 and a half. If you're talking about the NFC next year, this is kind of what Vegas anyways thinks is going to happen. We, we told you the Saints and Rams at 11 wins. The Bears right behind them at 10 and a half. And then you have the Eagles, 9 and a half, the Vikings at 9, and the Seahawks at 9. Is that 6 there? 1, 2, yeah, that's 6. So, Vegas is telling you they think the six teams in the playoff next year are going to be the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Bears, the Rams, and the Saints. Now, it's it's almost never going to happen that way. That would be five returning playoff teams out of the six. The only team that would be different, you would replace uh, the Vikings uh, with the Cowboys in that spot. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't know where to go on the the Saints over under after what happened, how they ended this season. It's a pretty good number there. I, I need to see what happened in the off season. But if you're asking me right now, because of how the season ended and Drew Brees' diminished play, and I understand maybe that's not a concern, maybe it was a blip. I get all that, but if, if I'm leaning, I'm probably leaning under right now. You'd pass. Yeah, I'd say, but I'm getting a. We're probably getting a push on eleven, right? So I'm I'm leaning the under, 
I'll take the push at 11 wins. Vegas and uh, Barnwell, and he's the one who wrote about this. I told you Bill Barnwell, one of my favorite authors. He wrote about this, said he'd squarely take the under for the Los Angeles Rams because they're going to have salary cap issues. They should not be as good as they were this year. Aging defense. And if you look at some of the advanced analytics, they were about actually a 10-win team this year, um, but managed to win 13. There's two teams I would definitely take the under without even looking at the total, and it's the Carolina Panthers because I know Cam Newton, Cam Newton right now, he's coming off surgery. I don't know how good, healthy he'll be next season. And also I think Ron Rivera is on his last leg in Carolina. And I also think the Houston Texans, I think uh, the um, Bill uh, – what's his name? Um, the, the coach of the Texans right Bill now. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I think this is his last season with the Houston Texans. I think they missed the playoffs, and I think they, you get a new coach for Deshaun Watson. So – those are the two teams that stick out right away, which I would take unders, Texans and Carolina. Yeah, Texans are nine. Carolina, I'm, I'm right now I'm probably on the over. Seven and a half, that's not a lot for Panthers. It also depends on how healthy Cam is. If Cam has a healthy surgery with his on his shoulder and he has signs in camp that he's ready to go, then you True. can maybe take the over. But if he's not ready for, for the camp and he has signs of you know still needing you know recovery, then I would definitely take the other. Well, I'll just read from Barnwell here. Here's what he says about the Panthers and Cam Newton. Quote, this number projects that Newton has a 60% chance of entering the season healthy, a 25% shot of missing the first four weeks of the year, and a 15% chance of missing the majority of the season. To see your point there, about 40% chance that Newton misses, uh, Newton misses some or serious time. Does Rivera get, keep his job if Newton is injured? Does that give him a pass? Well, yeah, or I mean, does it, new, the new you know, ownership there? It depends on how they you – know, I think it's, it's win totals here. If you're winning with not Cam Newton and you're able to win without him, then, then maybe. Let's go to the phone lines here. Brian in Mid-City. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Seth. Uh, um my voice is back by now. That's good. Uh, That's good. And I feel like I can have a conversation on the radio now, which last week I don't think I was up to it. <laughs> well, you missed a good um, one. Hopefully you were listening. Oh, I, I definitely was listening. Yes, sir. Always. Um, as far as, like, I don't like Roger Goodell, just like many other Saints. I'll start off by trying to be fair and remove my bias from this. Um, pretty much Roger Goodell as an executive had no idea this was going to happen. This was basically tossed onto his lap unexpectedly, which explains why he did not have a response ready afterwards. He was basically a deer caught in the headlights. Well, he's looked like a deer. I'm going to put you on hold and we'll let you continue. We're up against a hard break. I will say this. I don't know if that's an excuse for Roger Goodell. If you're making that much money as – the de facto face of the NFL, you've got to be more prepared than that. Here's a text from the 504 asking, paraphrasing long text, why wasn't there a helmet-to-helmet flag on the Josh Hill hit even though he was ordered into concussion protocol? And the answer is because you don't have to throw a flag to get entered into concussion protocol. If you look wobbly, which Hill did, the procedure now is to go get checked out by the doctors, which he should have. Sometimes those don't get called. We've seen plenty of times the precedent is there where they retroactively issue fines for those hits and admit their fault, look like they did with Nikel Roby Coleman. Remember, he got fined nearly $27,000 last week for the hit on Tommy Lee Lewis on that fateful no-call play. Let's go back to Brian in Mid-City. Uh, Brian, I got your first question there, but he had more, I know. Okay. Now, I've been trying to explain this to fellow fans all week long in person that if if this had been a Roger Goodell 
top-down conspiracy, he would have had a response ready for Monday. He would have been prepared for this. You know, my point is I'm not trying to make an excuse for Roger Goodell. I really don't like him. But my objective viewpoint, you know, through that, my only rationalization is that he was completely unprepared for this. You know, deer caught headlights. Uh, and, of course, that that's no excuse at all. But sure. to me, it's the only rational explanation for his behavior in this matter. Uh, and I don't think the lawsuits had anything to do with it. The lawsuits are essentially a nuisance and an embarrassment to the city. Yeah, and, and Brian, I, I'm not going to – I share your frustration with the lawsuits and the, the city council proclamations and and Cassidy and Scalise in Congress using the no-call to you know use our tax dollars basically to take the Senate and, and House floors to make statements about this. Well, Cassidy, I actually don't think Scalise actually made it to the House floor, but the point stands here. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, I wrote about it. I think it's petty. I think it's not productive. But, you know, everybody out there, you cope how you cope. I'm going to cope how I cope, but I have a show to do, and my opinion on that is it is just it's petty and not productive. And I also agree with you, Brian, that I don't think it's a top-down conspiracy. We've been over that. And I think, yeah, I think you're, you and I are on the same page there. There would be way too many people in the know if Roger Goodell, whoever it was in the league office, ordered the officials not to call that game right. Then why would the officials also, uh, you know, um, miss the face mask on Jared Goff? They were looking for every little instance where they could penalize the Saints and not penalize the Rams. Why would they have missed that call, which was missed by the letter of the law? If you want to get some extra cash, I got to read this because our audience, sometimes you miss out on all these cash giveaways we have during the day. Well, it's just more, I guess, of an incentive to listen during the day. Every weekday here on WWL, you can win $1,000. It's 12 times a day in our Intercom National Secret Cash Word Contest. You can listen to Tommy, Newell, Scoot, and then Sports Talk right before the top of the hour news to get the code word. And then you can text the word to our code line, 72881. That's 72881. Your chance to win $1,000 cash every single weekday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. right here on WWL. And we never charge for text, but individual plan text and data rates may apply. Um, Wednesday, I told you sports talk. Sports talk, going to be out the boat of Ravage still, even though football season is over. Deuce, Zach Streif, and Christian out there live from 4 to 8 p.m. at 875 Beach Boulevard in Biloxi. So go out and catch them. I know Tim makes a, a weekly trek, at least during football season he was, over to Mississippi to, yeah, to bet uh, some football games. And, Tim, I know you had a pretty good end to your season, right? And, and you'll be making a lot of prop bets, I, I'm, I'm sure, on the Super Bowl. Is that right? Well, I haven't looked at the props yet, but, yeah, I usually wait till the week of the Super Bowl to bet on that weekend. Um but yeah, I, I finished pretty well. The only game I didn't bet on this past, past uh, I guess conference championships what was the Saints, which is ironic because every other my, every team I bet on won. So so it's your fault. We no, finally no, found like, the culprit. The thing is, I, my friends told me if I bet on the Saints, then they're they're bound to lose. So ah. I told them I wouldn't bet on the Saints, and of course I didn't do it. I bet the under and it it hit. I bet the over in the Patriots game and it luckily hit. And then I bet the Patriots and that hit as well. <laughs> You must have taken the lead again in our uh, two, uh, uh, pick yeah, six. Yeah, I went four and two. That I think four and two, and I think you and Logan both went three and three. Mm, that means I probably need a perfect week here. It was because Jared's. I had Jared Goff passing over, and y'all both had under. 
the prop bets are the easiest things to hit. If you just know basic how a game's going to flow or you just have a basic understanding sure. of how a game's going to work out, you just make a predict uh, you know prediction off of that and you you got to Well, gotta, well prop bets usually have odds. So that's going to be a tough one to make. Are we are we picking props in our pick six? I it's got to be it's got to be a 50-50 prop, toss, right? Yeah. I usually do over/unders. I do uh, passing yards, receiving Gatorade. Yards. Gatorade is more of a one optional. Isn't that always yellow? It's usually yellow or clear. Clear Gatorade? Well, I mean water. Have they been? Oh, really? I guess I'm. I usually always think it's color, like you know, some color when they dump it on the winning head coach. I guess I'm, I'm not going to do like uh, national anthem timing. I'm not going to do, um, you know, the silly. Well, you know how many how many points will be scored in the first quarter compared mm. to like points Steph Curry scores in the half before halftime of game whatever on Sunday. I'm not going to do that. that. Those are prop bets that you can also make. Gotcha. We got a phone lines lighting up. We'll get to your calls in just a second. I do want to ask the audience out there. Um, and this is a completely different topic, but look, it's our show here. Uh, we talk about other stuff, too, towards the end of the show. I, I want to know what television shows and movies you're watching. And the only reason I bring this up is, the, is a super selfish reason. It's because now that football season is over, I'm going to have a lot more time on my hands to catch up on some TV, on some streaming, uh, hit the movies a little bit, which I just was not able to during football season. Uh, one of them that I really was – and I, I'm going to – I might even do this tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, because we have the night off. I'm going to go see Glass. D d are you into the M. Night Shyamalan movies, Tim? No, you never watched Signs or The Village or The Sixth Sense? I, I did see Signs, and I, was, I wasn't very – What about Sixth Sense? I briefly remember the scene. That was such a long time ago. I, I mean, it's with a little kid. Are you not a movie guy? I am, but I'm just not a M. Night Shyamalan fan, I okay, guess. Okay, what about Unbreakable? I know what movie that is, but I I didn't like that. Split, which is the one I heard. Split was really good with uh -huh. the guy with Tom the, McAvoy yeah, with the different personalities. Yeah. I just I'm not guy into from X Men, X Men, uh, the new X Men series. Uh, it's really good, and it's, so this is the the culmination of that. I don't know trilogy. It's Unbreakable, which has Samuel L. Jackson as a villain, like a superhero villain. Wait, I just realized Samuel L. Jackson is in two superhero franchises now because he's in the Marvel universe. And he's also in this one, which he plays a supervillain and a superhero. He's also the bad guy in that uh, movie where the guy, the the British tailors, forgot the name of the movie where they uh, try to they try to save the world. Was that Snakes on a Plane? I don't know who that. I don't know. That I have is. to look it up. Well, he was he a good guy or a bad guy on Snakes on a Plane? He was he was he was a good guy, but was he really a good guy? I don't know. No, he's a, he's actually a bad guy in Glass. He was also in Star Wars. This guy's everywhere. I need a new TV show to watch. I just got done watching The Assassination of Gianni Versace, which is great on Netflix. It's winning all the awards right now. So I uh, finally took my talents to that true crime series on Netflix. I like it. Wait, what was that, Tim? He played a bad guy in Kingsman. Oh, I need to watch. Everybody tells me to watch the first it's actually Kingsman. actually a pretty good movie. Is the second one good? Uh, it's okay. I mean, I would prefer watching the first one. And then I guess if you like Chain of, uh what is it, uh, Channing Tatum? Mm -hmm. You watched that? Yeah, I could do without. I mean, I don't care. Channing Tatum, whatever. He's a pretty pretty guy, I guess. Women love him. Whatever for me. I will say, you know what I'm looking forward to. And you should be now too. You know what you know what starts April fourteenth? Tim, I'm so disappointed in you. I mean, I know NASCAR starts in three weeks, but <laughs> I don't uh, know. Game of Thrones, bro. Game of Thrones comes back. Biggest show on the planet, April fourteenth. We'll be doing our a podcast has no name. We'll be all into that. I'm sure I'll be talking Thrones here. I don't have to. 
Let's squeeze in a couple of calls here. Gus in Covington, you want to talk about the Rams? Go ahead. Uh, I had read what Rams fans were uh, complaining they found all kind of no calls during the game. Well, Ted Ginn, they interfered with him. They didn't call that. I'm not sure that the, the drop touchdown pass in the end zone wasn't interference. And I'm not sure that Michael Thomas wasn't pushed off on, on the interception in overtime. Yeah. So, it, you know, the Rams got away with a lot of stuff, man. Well, you know, you know what it is, Gus, is it's the Rams are just trying to grasp onto any straws to try to make it seem like, well, they didn't get away with anything, which they did. The whole world saw that they did. So that's what the Rams are doing there. It's it's like, I'm, I don't know, the kid that got away was stealing a Tootsie Roll from, you know, your local corner store. And then when he gets caught by his parents, he starts telling on his sister for – I don't know, taking pennies out of mom's piggy bank or something. Just deflects. It's all deflection. Yeah, they got away with one. Admit it. I have more respect for the the guys on that organization around the organization. Just admit it. And guys and gals in the media that cover that team or are based in Los Angeles go, yeah, you know what? Rams got away with one, but so what? It's sports, and they're moving on. Let's go to Tom in Homa. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, I just kind of wanted to touch up on a comment you had made earlier about um, about the nature of sports cheating. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not going to like say like the Rams cheated or they didn't cheat. I don't really have any idea, to be honest with you. But I do know there are two instances of sports cheating that are actually kind of interesting. Uh, back in 2007, uh, there was an, an NBA uh, referee by the name of Tim Don. Donahue, yeah, we, yeah, the the guy who was he he went to prison because he was betting on games that he was refereeing and he was shaving points. Well, you know, until he got until he got caught, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure that an argument could have been made. Well, I mean, you know, look, there'd be too many people in on it, but you know, whenever and if that, I would like to point to another incident of cheating that I kind of find. Super well, well, hold on, hold on. Well, well, let's back up here because that was okay. an isolated. Uh, Donahue said that he was kind of a lone wolf on this. This wasn't some top-down directive from oh, David you Stern. Really think he's going to sit there? And, oh yeah, I think. In on it. Man, Tom, you don't think that when he went to prison, right Tom, I mean, you don't think that when he went to prison, if this was a vast conspiracy, that he wouldn't have said this was a vast conspiracy? You don't do. You, do you honestly think that there that there are some people that are just kind of protected? Like you think you think that that's a possibility that's completely annihilated because you've determined that because you you have enough facts in front of you. To yes, know I have enough. Yes, I have enough facts to know that David Stern didn't tell Tim Donahue to cheat on the games. Yes, I do. Are you saying you don't? I, I get that. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm saying that you would likely fail a philosophy class. But that being said. I don't even know what that means. Like you're trying to take shots that it's not even shots. It's not coming across okay, well, Tom. Enough, what I'm saying is that there's no possible. What you can't know what's not known. I mean, that's 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 a crazy. What are you? What in the world are you trying to say here? Get to your point. Get to your point, so I can okay. eviscerate you here on this one. Because now you got me fired up. You tell me your point, and I'm going to rip it to shreds. Please go. So then the second one that I would like to point to is uh, Lewis uh, Resto. I don't. You know what? I don't want to give me examples anymore, Tom. You're going here with the Saints, Tom. What's the conspiracy here with the Saints? You tell me. Wait, I'm sorry. I want you to get to the end point of your point here. You obviously have a point with the NFL well, and the Saints. What's yeah. your point? So Billy, in the, in the Billy Collins case, 
you had you had this guy who basically kind of got caught red-handed. But I mean, there were key facts even about that that never came out. So your point you with know, the Saints and the NFL is what? What is your conspiracy? There's even allegedly a Tom. I'm going to put you on hold because you're filibustering and you're not doing a very good job of answering this question. You're on 38 states in front of tens of thousands of people. I'll ask you one more time, Tom, because I'm really trying to give you leeway here. The Saints and the NFL. What's the conspiracy here with this game and this call? Go. Hmm. All right, well, I guess the strongest point to be made is that there's good magicians and bad magicians. Okay, well, see, Tom, I, I gave him so many chances here because he can't come up with a conspiracy. He can't come up with one. I gave him how many? I don't even, how many? At least three times there. I gave you an opportunity here, Tom, in front of the world to tell us what you think, and you couldn't even tell us. You were just trying to come at me and take shots, and you weren't even doing a good job at that. All right, we'll take a break here. Sports Libs coming back. Ooh, and some good text I want to get to about some movies and shows we should all watch. Seth Dunlap, Tim Zimmer here. It's the last lap on WWL. I got a bunch of texts. I was asking what movies, television shows should I watch now that I have a little more time to myself, which I am going to enjoy to the fullest. Here's some of the text coming in. Uh, the Firefest movies. There's one on Hulu, one on Netflix. I did watch the Netflix one. Tim, did you watch any of these yet? No, I saw that in real time, though, happen. And yes. It was pretty funny. It was, it was terribly funny. That is a great way to put it. This is about the festival that was a scam that these you know, young scam artists, and Ja Rule was involved in this, too, basically conned people out of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, and put on uh, you know, this fake festival in an island down um, uh, in the Caymans, I believe. And then it turned out to be basically no festival and they were living in FEMA tents, and it was it was really bad. Yeah, Firefest certainly go watch that. Uh, let's see, uh, Gotham. I think I watched a couple of episodes of Gotham. That's good. Kingsman. There you go, Tim. A couple of people here on the text line saying watch Kingsman. Glass, which I am going to see probably Wednesday from the five hundred four. Glass seems like it might be a good movie, but then we got another text. Glass is amazing, Seth. I'm glad to hear it. Didn't get it good on IMDb. IMDb had like a 6 out of 10, which concerned me a little bit. I don't even pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes anymore because groupthink on Rotten Tomatoes is terrible. So I don't like that. Text from the 504 says, Polar. Also the Blacklist. Blacklist has been going on a while, right? Text from the 504. Watch Black Panther after the show last night. One of the best Marvel movies for sure. Yeah, uh, probably the best, I would think, right? Squeeze in Ken from Georgia before we go to Sports Libs. Ken, what's going on? Yes, sir. Um, we had a situation with Atlanta United uh, where uh, a against San Jose, there was a handball in the box against San Jose. They didn't call it. Um, at Atlanta United scored, but then they did some did video assisted review or VAR, mm-hmm. realized that they missed that handball. They waved off the goal from San Jose and gave Atlanta United a penalty. Atlanta United scored. Make a long story short, they came back and won on really egregious calls like the Nola No call and the one with the Falcons where uh, the, the Seahawks defensive back pulled Julio Jones down, uh, obvious pass interference call. They need to have video-assisted review to, you know, to, to, yeah. to overturn stuff like that. And it, but it should only be used on really blatant, egregious incidents like that. And uh, greetings from the hometown of Dan Reeves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I I agree with everything you're saying there about the the replay. 
I, I guess why don't I remember that? Because I watched that that match. I guess I don't remember that specific play. I, I suppose I should. You're talking about there in the uh, the MLS final. Do you remember that one, Tim? Did you watch it? No, I did not. I don't really watch too much soccer. Other than yesterday, USA, their first uh, match under the new head coach, 3 nothing win uh, in a friendly. Mm-hmm. There you go. Christian Pulisic, the hope, the American great hope, great soccer hope. I have to wait eight years. Homegrown here. So we, we do it's have all good. To. Well, not eight years. Are you saying they're not going to qualify in three years? Well, I'm saying, like, you know, we have to miss this year's World Cup, and then I guess Why? we're going to miss this year's World Cup because we're not qualified. Well, that was last year. And then we're going to wait another, like, four years. So I guess yeah, not eight. Years, well, technically speaking. Yeah, yeah. We, we missed last year's. But we got the Women's World Cup coming up. Women should win another title, right? All right, let's do a little sports slips here. We do this every day, although we didn't do it last week because we were just full calls about the Nola No Call. Uh, just like Mad Libs, sports style, pretty simple here. Tim's got some statements. We got a blank in there. We got to fill in the blank. We're riffing it. You can riff with me on the text line at 870-870. I have not seen these before. Tim Zimmer, what you got tonight? By the way, when I want when I have some downtime and I want to watch another series, I just rewatch Eastbound and Down. It's always fun. I've never Kenny seen Powers. I've never seen him. You'll, never seen it. you'll it's really funny. That's all I'll say. Kenny all right. Powers. All right. Uh first question. The number one seeds in the NSA basketball tournament will be who? Or blank. Uh Duke almost assuredly. Tennessee almost assuredly. The other two are tricky. I think it's up in the air. Right now I would lean Gonzaga, but they have to win out. And I will lean Virginia, but they can probably only lose two more times. You know what? I'm going to lean Michigan over Gonzaga. I'm going to say Gonzaga slips up somewhere along the way, and I'll go Virginia, Michigan, Duke, and Tennessee. And then Gonzaga gets the two. I don't think Tennessee gets in. I think it's going to be Duke, Virginia for sure, probably Gonzaga, and then maybe Michigan Michigan or or Michigan State maybe. Yeah, Michigan State just lost, so I'd give the edge to Michigan right now, the one lost team. Uh, but I I don't see Tennessee getting in just because they have their schedule. They have to play Kentucky, they'll have to play LSU. I, I, they have games in that they can lose. I mean they're they're a squad. Yeah, Joel Lenardi right now projects Tennessee to be the final one seed, Gonzaga to be the top two seed, so they'd be in that same uh, region. Question number two: Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley playing defensive tackle in the Pro Bowl was blank. Hilariously uh, irrelevant. Kamara did get a, a hurry on Deshaun Watson. He did. I think he technically got a, a finger on Deshaun Watson, was fired up afterwards. No, I like that. Whatever. I, I You know, we posted a poll on the WWO Radio Facebook page yesterday night that says, did you watch the Pro Bowl? And I don't think one person in there out of the 10,000 people we got responding said, <laughs> said that they watched the Pro Bowl. So I guess nobody saw Alvin Kamara playing defensive end. But I don't mind it. Yeah, hilariously irrelevant. Well, Dennis Allen take note. Of this. Of, our, of, 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 of Alvin Kamara, uh, defensive line. You know what they would have done? It would have been great to see Taysom Hill in this so he could have actually played some defense because people have been talking about him playing defense for so long. Question number three. The Pro Bowl got about 8 million viewers on Sunday, which means blank. Nothing. means there was nothing else on TV. 8 million viewers in a national broadcast is nothing. Just for comparison, it we were talking ESPN about – ESPN and ABC combined. Yes. So broadcast and – the top-rated sports cable show. Just for comparison, Game of Thrones, which we were talking about earlier, it gets 30 to 35 million viewers every week, and that's on a premium cable channel. So that is a disaster ratings-wise of epic proportions, although let's be honest here, I don't think anybody's caring about Pro Bowl ratings. I did watch the second half only because I thought I would, if I were to bet on the game, 
I would have bet on the AFC, and I just kept seeing the AFC scores, so which hurt my feelings. <laughs> but uh, question number four, last question: the LHSA decision to allow select schools to hold football and basketball championships at the site of their choosing is blank. Um, sad but necessary. It's sad because that probably means the end of the three-day bonanza in the Superdome. I'm talking about football that we always look forward to, but necessary in the fact that the public schools in mass were getting ready to break away from the LHSAA if that decision wasn't made. So that was the first step in repairing the relationship between the public schools and the private schools here. It was a necessary step, an ugly step. I also like the idea now of they've, they've split every sport like football, which I also think was another necessary step here. So that's Sports Libs. Nice job, Timmy. We'll take a break when we come back. Our moment is in. Final opinion poll update and final texts as we wrap up the last lap. A final look at our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. Should the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis before the February 7th NBA trade deadline? Pretty split vote here. Usually these votes are very skewed, not so tonight. 58% say no, 42% say yes. I definitely lean no on that just because I believe that not only should they have their next general manager in place, which they will not be able to before that February 7th deadline, They'll also be able to leverage the Boston Celtics into any trade discussions with any team out there. They cannot leverage the Boston Celtics right now because the Celtics, because they acquired Kyrie Irving um, last season, they are not able to make another trade for a Anthony Davis-type player until uh, – the rules are a little complicated here, but basically they can't trade for Anthony Davis until the summer when that uh, Kyrie exemption is gone. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks to Scott Alexander and Jake Madison for joining us on our Pelicans Roundtable. And Larry Holder of The Athletic for joining us today. If you missed any of the show, and if you missed any last week's show, like you're still itching to uh, talk and listen to your fellow Hoodats and Saints fans about the NOLA no-call and the fallout, be sure you catch our show on the podcast. We have all of last week's shows up, www.com, radio.com app, or the way I listen to them, Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Tim Zimmer behind the glass. Also, thanks to Diane Newman, our program director, Todd Manessis, our assistant program director, Helen Santanic, for helping out during the day. And I'm Seth Dunlap. Back same time, same place tomorrow, 8 to 11 p.m. here on WWL, handing it off to Beyond Reality Radio. And as always, we leave you with our moment of zen. It's media days out in Atlanta for the Super Bowl and one of the best media day moments of all time, Marshawn Lynch. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.